Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More of your calls a little bit later this hour. Thanks to Lavelle Moten of NC Central for dropping by. Our next guest happens to be from my hometown of Philadelphia, and he happens to be one of the great and first bracketologists of all. You can find his work at ESPN.com. He joins us pretty much every year as an expert on this part of March Madness. Joe Lenardi, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm great, David. How are you? I'm doing very well. Can you remind us, what did you and ESPN think way back when, the first time you've posted your very first bracket all those years ago, and then what kind of response did you get compared to what you thought you'd get? Well, I, I don't know what they thought. Uh, I, I remember what I thought, and it was, where did all these people come from? <laughs> uh, because, the, you know, this was before social media. So my email blew up and I started hearing, you know, from people in, in, in places that I hadn't given a lot of thought to. And, uh, you know, generally when you reach out to people in the media, it's not because you're happy about something <laughs> it's because maybe you're unhappy about something. And, and, I, I, you know, I found out about relatives that I didn't even have <laughs> that people wanted me to do things with. And, you know, I didn't think you were allowed to do those kind of things. But, uh, all, all, all kidding aside, uh, you know, it's that passion for this, for college basketball, for any sport, really, that, you know, allows me to do what I do. And uh, I'm grateful for that. And I, I generally love interacting with the fan bases. A year ago at this time, NC State was right on the bubble, and you gave us your input and your advice, and it proved to be accurate, as you just so often are. Guess what? A year later, in our backyard, NC State is right on the bubble. The last bracket I saw from you was, I think, two days ago, and the Wolfpack was the very first team out. How do you summarize their place amidst you know, a handful of teams that are among your last four in, first four out. Uh, the Wolfpack probably feels like it needs to do some damage in Greensboro next week at the ACC tournament to feel good about itself. Yeah, I think if I were, uh, you know, doing marketing for the Wolfpack here for this last home game and, and, and for the conference tournament, I'd get, like, first four out shirts with a big red X through it and maybe my face. <laughs> because... Uh, uh, I, I don't want people to think that I'm taking, you know, pleasure in enlisting the Wolfpack there. It just happens to be where it falls. But y y if you step back from it and and you try to take an analytical look at it, this time last year, NC State's net ranking, which, y you know, last year was the first year of the new right. ranking system that the committee's using, was in the low 30s. Uh, you, you know, it was their non-conference schedule that was holding them back. This year, you know, assuming a win uh, against Wake, they're going to finish 500 again in the league. Their non, their net ranking is in the high 50s, uh, and you know that is not a happy place uh, generally. And and the the only way they're going to fix that, well, there's two ways. One is to win a bunch of games in Greensboro particularly ones maybe they're not supposed to, and two, to, 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 to go back to the starting line and reset the ACC season 
so that a lot of their league wins help them more. Uh, Because that's really the issue with NC State this year is that the coattails of the ACC aren't what they normally are. uh, Because ordinarily, you know, you would think with some of the wins they have that they would be solidly in the field. And I, I, I can make a good argument for them to be in the field right now with five quad one wins. Uh, I, 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 I just can't get past the idea that um, other than the top three, the ACC just isn't what it normally is, and they're going to get evaluated that way. Have you ever gotten to the point where you could figure out how the committee values great wins versus bad losses like this. Does one weigh more than the other because beating Duke by 22 and beating Wisconsin by 15 and winning at UVA, winning at Syracuse, winning at UNC Greensboro, those are all nice wins and yet bad losses, Boston College, Carolina twice, Georgia Tech twice, et cetera. That seems to be the question from Wolfpack fans. Most teams on the bubble probably don't have as many good wins as the Wolfpack but they might not have as many bad losses either. For sure. And, and, and I just want to go on record. I've been doing this a long time and that's the first time I've ever heard two losses to UNC be called bad loss. Yeah, right. True. Uh, so, so, so let's just, you know, in, in a way that kind of encapsulates everything we're saying about this, right? Like, like it's just, an unusual year in that regard. Now, to the specific of your question, David, I, I, I think generally speaking, good wins help more than bad losses hurt. Okay. Uh, th- th- there's no metric for this. Right. It's just, you know, my experience and the experience of others who've been doing this for a while. Uh, and, and, and it makes sense if you think about it, because what we're essentially measuring there is upside, Right. Like you, you, you want teams that can not just be in the tournament, but win in the tournament. That's kind of the whole point. And I, I believe NC State uh, has proven that. Uh, and I, I, I'm not really factoring in the quote-unquote bad losses in, in, in terms of a breakdown of their record in the various quadrants, but it, it's hurting their net ranking to some degree, and, uh, y- you know, had they been able to pull off the season sweep of Duke, let's say, uh, that would be a different story. And, y- you know, it kind of makes it easy to put that, well, you know, they got hot at home in, 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 in the logic in evaluating their first win against Duke. And, and the, the Wisconsin win's terrific. It wasn't the same Wisconsin team as it is right now. Uh, but but if they make it, it's going to be on the backs of those two games for sure. You're on deck for somebody else's interview, so be as quick as you need for this. Kansas, Baylor, San Diego State, and Gonzaga were the most recent number one seeds you have. What number would you say are, are still have a shot to rise up to a number one? Are you looking at you know eight or ten different schools as possibilities? No, I think that the only spot that's really legitimately in play is San Diego State. And I'm starting to think that Dayton and Seton Hall realistically uh, are the only other teams that can get there. Well done, Joe. Thanks for visiting, as always, on the David Glenn Show.
You got it. Joe Lenardi, find his work on ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter at ESPN Lenardi. He didn't post a bracket today, but his most recent bracket had, of course, the big four that we've been talking about from the ACC. I mentioned the number one seeds, Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, and San Diego State. And Joe doesn't seem to think there's a whole lot of wiggle room. Maybe we'll end up with those four. Last bracket, he had Florida State of the ACC as a number two. Leonard Hamilton still has the Seminoles in contention for what would be his first regular season title of his 18 seasons in Tallahassee. At the three line, you have both Duke and Louisville of the ACC. Virginia is nicely in as a number nine after their great winning streak for Tony Bennett lately. And then after those four, the next team is NC State. And that was posted, of course, before they lost to Duke. I don't think they're going to drop any for losing in Durham to the Blue Devils, one of the better teams in the country, of course. So they're probably still right in that same first four-out neighborhood as they host Wake on Friday and as they head to the ACC tournament. They will face a bottom-tier opponent next Wednesday. So you're not going to get power points for beating Wake on Friday if you do. You're not going to get power points for beating a lower, you know, a nine-seed or lower next Wednesday in Greensboro. But you got a whole lot of power points waiting for you on Thursday. As long as you get to Thursday, it will be either UVA, Duke, Louisville, or Florida State waiting for you as your opponent. And if you beat one of those four, to me, I don't know how they can leave you out. If you don't win that Thursday game against one of the top four in the ACC, well, then you're just going to be hovering near the bubble, crossing your fingers, hoping and guessing on Selection Sunday. And that's exactly the way it was last year, and they ended up on the outside looking in. If you don't get that one more big win in Greensboro, there's a very good chance that Kevin Keats will end up in the NIT again. But again, to a degree, your fate is in your hands, right? One more big win is what you need. And if you didn't have all those bad losses, it it is interesting Joe put it that way. In his experience, it's hard to boil these things down. I totally get it. But in his experience, big wins matter even more than bad losses. I think that is true. He would know better than I. But you beat Duke by 22. You beat Wisconsin by 15. That's a two-seed or a three-seed in Duke, maybe a five-seed in Wisconsin. Those are really good teams. You won at UVA, which is like a nine-seed and climbing right now. Maybe UVA beats Louisville this weekend and climbs even more. You won at Syracuse. That's not an NCAA tournament team, but a good team. You beat Notre Dame and Clemson. They're not NCAA teams, but they're good teams. You won at UNC Greensboro, which is high in the net rankings and one of the Southern Conference contenders. That's a nice resume builder. So I listed three great wins, four or so good wins. You have seven good to great wins. You're better than most teams on the bubble. I've looked at those resumes, but the others don't have quite as many bad losses. And I know, it, as Joe said, sounds weird to call losing to Carolina a bad loss. But as we speak, Carolina's tied with Boston College with, for the worst overall record among 15 ACC teams. And Carolina is tied with Pitt and Wake Forest for the worst league record, 6-13, and 13, with only the trip to Duke left. Uh, those are bad losses, as the committee defines bad losses. We watched the games. We know that the Tar Heels were different than their usual selves in those games compared to what they've been through this 13-17 and 17 disaster of a season. But the committee has data in front of it 
getting swept by lowly Georgia Tech, getting swept by last place Carolina, losing to Boston College, you know, those are boulders weighing you down, even as you have those good to great wins propping you up. 1-800-849-2761. We do have questions of the day for your consideration. The Danny, Man Danny Manning watch continues at Wake Forest. Some in the media will not touch that topic, by the way. If you go to the Wake Forest official website, of course, they're not talking about their head coach and his place on the coaching carousel. If you go to certain websites or even TV stations, they will not allow their writers or their on-air talent to talk about such things. We don't do it that way on the David Glenn Show. Yep, I have professional relationships with all these schools and all these coaches, but you're paying customers. We don't hold as taboo talking about the coaching carousel. Treat people with respect, be accurate, be fair, be professional. But on this show, we are not going to dodge who's on the hot seat the way it happens regularly on a whole lot of websites and even TV shows and sometimes the occasional sports radio show. They're big boys. They get paid a lot of money to do what they do. And some of you pay a lot of money to watch these games. You deserve more candid, honest conversation than just, oh, we're not supposed to talk about that. It is uncomfortable. I take no joy in saying that someone needs to lose his job, but Danny Manning's a big boy. We've treated him well. He's treated us fairly in reverse. He's been a regular guest on this program. The best way to put it is if you were in charge, you're the university president or the athletic director. When I get this question, that's, what, that's how I answer the question. It's not just some shoot from the hip. It's not thinking out loud. It's taking a realistic view of things. If I were the university president or the athletic director, those are the most important people in the decision-making process. Well, how does season ticket sales look? That matters. Do we have a big booster who's willing to help us pay the multi-million dollar buyout? In the real world, that matters. On a message board, you can speculate all you want, but you don't have to deal with the real-world repercussions. The fairest way to do it is the thoughtful and intelligent way to do it. Again, be respectful. Nobody's personally attacking Danny Manning. Be respectful about it. Certainly be fair. Be accurate. I've been at this for 30-plus years. Do people sometimes not like my opinion? Do they sometimes not like hearing on statewide radio that so-and-so should be fired? Of course. I get those calls from time to time. But I'll tell you exactly what I say to them when they call me. Was I inaccurate? Oh, uh, no. Was I unfair? Oh, uh, not really. All right, well, game over, man. That's it. I'm not on your payroll. I'm not a cheerleader. We're paid to give facts and opinion and analyze things through our eyes of 33 years of experience. And sometimes we're paid to put ourselves in the shoes of the decision makers and share our opinion, educated opinion preferably, about how we would handle it. After six years of Danny Manning and five losing seasons, I would let him go. I would place those phone calls to boosters. Again, I don't wear blinders. I know exactly how this stuff works. Sometimes a booster's willing to help you out. Oh, you guys owe how many million? All right, let me sign a check for two million, and then I'll help you get there. The reality is also, folks, that sometimes when you don't make a change, if it's 10 years of gradually building apathy around Wake Forest basketball, a proud program that won a couple of ACC titles under our recent guest, Dave Odom, that sent guys like Tim Duncan and Chris Paul into the NBA. This is not Clemson basketball, where they've been members of the ACC for almost 70 years and they've never won an ACC tournament. 
the bar is set really high for Clemson football. It is set in a different place for Clemson basketball. Brad Brownell is a heck of a coach, but you might be surprised by how rarely he gets the Tigers to the NCAA tournament. Does he overachieve, in my opinion, most of the time? Yes, he does. But his trips to the NCAA tournament are not frequent. But at a football's first school like Clemson, you have a longer leash as a base basketball coach or in other sports. At Wake Forest, basketball is more important than it is at a place like Clemson. That's just the reality. It's more important to the culture. It's more important to the fans. It's more important to the athletic department's health, financially and otherwise. And when you're playing in front of half-empty arenas, and you're now really counting Jeff Bozdelic plus Danny Manning, you're at a, a decade of gradually building apathy and sometimes anger and resentment. When you factor all of those things in and know these decisions are not as easy as they can be made to seem on message boards or in other places where it's just the loudest person who sometimes win, wins instead of the most intelligent or thoughtful person who looks at it from the most uh, relevant angles. That's the way we try to do it, and when we do it that way, I don't see any smart way forward for Wake under Danny Manning. And if you find the right guy and that roster stays – you actually don't have to be horrible next year. But I've been around long enough to know if you have six years and only one NCAA trip and five losing seasons, the narrative becomes so powerful against you that fans don't want to renew their season tickets, prospects are harder to convince to play for you, returning players, it's harder to convince them to stay in school because they've been surrounded by this negativity and, you know, all these losing seasons, five out of six. I take no joy in offering that opinion, but I think that's the smartest path forward for Wake Forest. As the Danny Manning watch continues, the NC State bubble watch continues, and as Carolina fans are excited about a three-game winning streak, 93-83 last night over the Demon Deacons, Roy Williams finally has the Tar Heels playing more like what we're used to seeing from the Tar Heels. More on that story and other college basketball with more of your phone calls. Questions of the day with Marshawn Lynch headed to Princeton this summer as a speaker, not the commencement main speaker, but a smaller ceremony will have Marshawn Lynch, NFL running back, as the featured speaker at what they call Class Day up at the prestigious Princeton University. Have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? If yes, who was it and how did it go? Kudos to Jay Billis and others for their roles from our listeners earlier today. Some others didn't go quite as well. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant hasn't played in the NBA yet this season and won't because of his Achilles issue. But he says he may play for Team USA this summer. If you were the Brooklyn Nets and paying him $40 million a year, would you be okay with him wearing the red, white, and blue for Team USA after a season where he never takes the court in an official game for your franchise? Those are among the headlines of the day. We'll get to more with your calls. 1-800-849-2761. Next on The David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. You want in on the Danny Manning watch. 
the Wolfpack bubble watch. The Tar Heels playing good ball again. For other March Madness, the number is 1-800-849-2761. Appreciate veteran bracketologist Joe Lenardi for dropping by from ESPN. Lavelle Moten of NC Central has a big game tomorrow night. The Eagles could clinch a regular season MEAC championship and become that number one seed in next week's conference tournament in Norfolk, Virginia. The Aggies and the Eagles of A&T and Central be, will be among the favorites in that automatic bid clinching event next week. 1-800-849-2761. We do have some questions of the day that also allow for your participation beyond March Madness. Kevin Durant hasn't played at all for the NBA's Brooklyn Nets this year, but he says he may play for Team USA this summer at the Summer Olympics. If you were paying him $40 million a year and he was unable to play for you this year, would you be okay with him playing for Team USA this summer? Or would you rather, you know, him save himself for the next three years of the four-year $164 million contract he signed while jumping from the Warriors to the Brooklyn Nets? You can chime in on that. And with Marshawn Lynch headed to Princeton University, as a featured speaker at what they call Class Day. It's part of the graduation celebration, but it's not the commencement day itself. Our question to you is, have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? If yes, who was it and how did it go? A couple quick answers from Twitter where you can tag us at David Glenn Show. Steve says, Lance Armstrong was actually the commencement speaker at High Point University. It went well but now he's actually wiped off the list of speakers there. Is that true, Darren Vaught, voice of the High Point Basketball Panthers? I mean, that's not really your job description no, to know it's not within commencement my... <laughs> speakers, but I can see why people would view Lance Armstrong, disgraced doping cyclist, differently now than perhaps at the time he was the speaker. He didn't mention what year he was the speaker. It was the spring of 2011. So pre it was finally pre telling the truth after years yeah, the of lying. The totality of his disgrace didn't occur until afterward. And, and after that, I've heard that whatever database they have where they list year by year whom, whom the commencement speaker was, he has been stricken from that record. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Wow, that's kind of a scary whitewashing approach to things. I mean, it either happened or it didn't. We're not in China or North Korea, right? I mean, well, most of the time. The United States in 2020 can be a little finicky that way, but y'all know what I mean. Jonathan writes, Philip Rivers was my graduation commencement speaker for NC State in 2012, and he was great. Growing up, seeing him play on the field for the Wolfpack made the moment even more special for Jonathan. You can chime in on Twitter at David Glenn Show, email dglenn at accsports.com, and of course, phone callers take priority at 1-800-849-2761. I don't think of Marshawn Lynch as a speaker. I think of him as a community activist. I think of him as a great business person. Man, he's got beast mode trademarked in so many ways lucratively that you might have lost count. He's got the Skittles endorsement deal among many others. So he's really engaged in his communities. I admire him for what he's done in his hometown of Oakland, but also in places like Seattle where he played for the Seahawks or Buffalo where he played for the Bills. He's a very involved in the community kind of guy. 
He just doesn't like talking to the media, and he really doesn't like talking publicly all that much. And even when he's in some Hollywood roles, they make sure he's not speaking a lot in those roles. So great running back, yes. Beast mode, yes. Skittles, yes. But the same guy who said, I'm just here because I don't want to be fined to the NFL media rather than engaging in a question and answer session most of the time. The same guy who has only sat for like two or three long form interviews in his entire football career. Again, that's why I don't think of him as a speaker, because he says that's not what he likes to do most. He likes to let his play do the talking famously. I don't know. Is this long enough for a for a graduation type speech? Famously, Marshawn Lynch put together some pearls of wisdom for all the world to consider. I've given commencement speeches before. What do they tell you? Well, be succinct. They'll tell you how many minutes you have. You can't go rambling up there. Have a plan. Try to put a life message in there somewhere. These kids are graduating, etc. They encourage you to try to be funny at the commencement speeches that I have given, although they always remind you, please don't offend people. You know, don't go too far over the humor line. Like, we like your safe and easy dad jokes, but we're not as into anything that may cross, oh, I don't know, religious or political lines, maybe more sensitive as you're collecting your speaker's fee. They don't want you to cross those lines, and I get that. Marshawn Lynch, I think, could coordinate these messages into a brief, succinct, life lesson kind of commencement speech. This was the actual Marshawn Lynch comments. It was after a game, he gave like two-word answers to the first couple of questions, and then like a one-longer-sentence answer to another question that was actually about the game or the next game or the opponent or his teammates. And then someone hit him with a question that just wound him up and got Marshawn Lynch to give a somewhat expletive-filled version of what I think would be Marshawn Lynch's life lesson speech in a commencement circumstance or otherwise. This was Marshawn Lynch. We'll see if he turns these ideas into his speech at Princeton a little bit later this year. It's a vulnerable time for a lot of these young dudes, you feel me? They don't be taking care of their chicken right, you feel me? So if it was me or if I had an opportunity to let these little uh, young sahibs know something, I say take care of y'all money, African, because that don't last forever. Now, I done been on the other side of a retirement, and it's good when you get over there and you can do what the f*** you want to. So I tell y'all right now while y'all in it, take care of y'all bread. So when y'all done, go ahead and take care of yourself. So while y'all at it right now, take care of y'all bodies. You know what I mean? Don't take care of y'all chicken. You feel me? Don't take care of y'all mentals, because, look, we ain't lasting that long. Um... You know, I had a couple of players that I played with that, you know what I mean, they no longer here no more, they no longer. So, I mean, you feel me? Start taking care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, and y'all chicken for when y'all, you know, ready to walk away. You walk away and you be able to do what you want to do. Now, the delivery is a little bit unconventional for Marshawn Lynch there, right? I mean, if you went to Princeton, I think they're going to prefer you not to need them to bleep out some of your messaging, right? I think they might like the life lessons that Marshawn shares with the senior class 2020 style at Princeton University a little bit later this year. But that little role he got on, I think 
Are there three takeaways in there? I get confused by the chicken terminology <laughs> because I am 100% certain Marshawn Lynch had a meaningful message in there, especially as a participant and a high-profile, successful running back of all people, violent position where your career span tends to be shorter. There were some meaningful messages in there through the expletives and through his unique delivery. Take care of your mentals, right? That makes sense. There's a whole lot of former NFL players dealing with dementia and other things, complications that they believe are related to either multiple brain injuries, concussions, or other physical ailments, right? Take care of your mentals. That's a good one. Take care of your bodies. That's a good one, right? A lot of other dudes need so many replaced joints that when the NFL's insurance plan runs out, by the time they're old enough and that they realize they need this and that replaced, they're off the NFL insurance plan. So now you're an old dude who knows how much you've taken care of your money or not. Now you know you have more severe health issues. Now you need the surgery to replace your hip or whatever else. And now you're not on the NFL insurance anymore. The collective bargaining agreement discussions that continue as we speak are in part, it's not the biggest part, but how do you take care of your former players? They're negotiating those insurance-type issues as we speak. So take care of your mentals, take care of your bodies, and then, Darren, is it two or one message? I saw, I heard bread, take care of your bread, and I, even I, even I, I think, know that take care of your bread, he also threw in take care of your money. All right, so I'm equating those two. Are you with me so yeah, far? No, that's that's uh, appropriate. All right, for you so we're, to do. we're up to three powerpoints in his presentation at Princeton later this year. Take care of your mentals, take care of your bodies, and take care of your money slash bread. All right, so we're up to three. Now, who knows how many minutes they give you for this Princeton speech? But trust me, three or four PowerPoints, you can get to the allotted whatever, 10 minutes pretty quickly. Marshawn Lynch may not. He's a man of few words sometimes. But I think with three or four PowerPoints, he would get to 10 minutes without much problem. My question at the time, my young staff members like Darren Vaught, my producer, intern Will, representing William Peace University, as always, with distinction, the first voice you'll hear if you dial 1-800-849-2761. Whereas I knew the money bread translation without even having to grab, Darren, one of those uh, dictionaries. You know, I didn't need an urban dictionary or anything like that. I didn't need the French to English dictionary or anything of that sort. I just knew. Even with my upbringing, bread equals money, right? So take care of your mentals. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your money slash bread. When he threw the take care of your chicken in there, I really wasn't sure which direction he was going. Did you know in the moment, or did you did you need outside assistance? I don't mean now, because we've had a few months to chew on those words right. of wisdom. In the moment, when he said, take care of your chicken, would you have known, because I'm, I'm more than twice the age of these Princeton students that will be graduating as Marshawn Lynch speaks to them the day before their commencement. If I don't understand, take care of your chicken, it's really... Nothing is lost. No, in the context of, of I'll, his speech, I'll be okay. Yeah. I'll be all right. But he's passing along words of wisdom, man. I need to know, is take care of your chicken, is that a corollary with take care of your money, take care of your bread? Is take care of your chicken more about mentals? Is it? Is it more about the body? What's going on? Take care of your chicken. 
chicken. Now, I will say I wasn't 100% certain in the moment, but given context clues and some research afterward, chicken can be lumped into bread, money, that piece of the conversation. Right, so there's so a we're back down to three. We're back down to three PowerPoints. Yeah, but there's right. a translatable message there, right, in, in terms of, you know, college graduates as you enter the workforce, something along the lines of know your worth, use that to your advantage, right? I mean, I think that that translates pretty well. Take care of your mentals. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your chicken slash bread slash money. Now I've got it, right? Yeah. See, now the problem is, as with all speeches and with all speakers speaking to all audiences, like intern Will is closer to the age of those Princeton students. You, Darren, needed to research what Marshawn Lynch meant by take care of your chicken. That's not a good part of a speech if most of your audience doesn't know. Intern Will, can you speak for the people in that age bracket? It doesn't do you any good listening to Marshawn Lynch at your Princeton ceremony if he is dropping terminology that you need to research later. That's not helping you as a soon-to-be graduate of the fine, prestigious Princeton University. You got to speak the language of your audience, man. I got to do that. You know how hard that is for me as I get older sometimes. Intern Will, if he said, take care of your chicken, would you have known in the moment that that was about bread and money, or would he have had to do his own homework on his way home after grabbing his Princeton diploma? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it, w it would be a safe term to use in with that audience. With, you think? With, yeah. With Will's not in his head that he would graduate. not have known in the moment. Right? Not, he not says not in, not in the direct moment, but he, he would have gotten it. I, there were context clues. I, I mean, I practically knew it and assumed that's what it, went, what it meant prior to Googling it like a lot of other people did. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your mentals. Take care of your chicken. I have a commencement speech this spring. If I tried dropping that at that commencement speech, I promise you, I'm getting some funny looks from the people who hired me. You're also not Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Take care of your mentals. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your chicken. 1-800-849-2761. Have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? If yes, who was it and how did it go? We've had more positive experiences from our callers so far today than negative ones. You could be next to share your story by dialing 1-800-849-2761. How and why specifically have the Tar Heels gone from a seven-game losing streak, their longest in ACC play since the league was created in the early 50s, to a three-game winning streak, including that one last night over Wake Forest? Well, the answer is important mainly because the Heels are going to try to shock the world in Greensboro next week and grab that automatic bid that goes to the ACC champion. They, of course, have zero shot at an at-large bid. When you're 13 and 17, you died in that race a long, long time ago. But everybody theoretically could win the automatic bid in any conference. More on that story with more of your calls next on The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this, this is everything open, man. We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show.
Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Take care of your mentals. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your money. Take care of your chicken. Marshawn Lynch is headed to Princeton as a speaker. Class day, the day before the full commencement ceremony. It's a point of controversy up there. It inspired our question of the day. Have you ever witnessed a sports figure as a graduation speaker? If yes, who was it and how did it go? Kudos to the likes of former Wolfpack quarterback Philip Rivers, who handled NC State's commencement speech. Kudos to Lance Armstrong, former speaker at High Point. And yes, somebody found it still listed on that university website. Great kudos, and I can compliment those. Jay Billis of ESPN, I've seen him speak any, many times. He is one of the best I have ever seen, commencement or otherwise. You can jump in and be next on that question of the day. 1-800-849-2761. John in Durham will be next on that. Gary wants in on the Danny Manning watch. Still others on the Wolf pack bubble watch what i promised on carolina against wake forest after we talked to harkeem in wilmington who believes that marshawn lynch means something else when he says take care of your chicken what's going on harkeem David, man, i love your show man thank you awesome show thank you very much yeah in my experience and, and trust me man i'm 57 okay so when marshawn mentions chicken in my experience your chicken is actually your woman all right. And would that be a, would that be something that you would have used as a younger man or maybe you still use yourself? I would have used it as a younger man, but to be honest, man, when he said it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not as old as I thought I was. I wonder. I mean, I'm, I'm open to all phone calls today. I thought he meant money. I did, again, get the – when he said bread, I knew that meant money. But mentals means take care of your mind. Bodies, self-explanatory. Chicken, I was just a little bit perplexed. Um, so I'll, I will take – we can make it a majority vote. I mean, it's not Super Tuesday anymore, but if I get enough votes from those who have heard the term chicken used that way, that Marshawn really means take care of your woman or perhaps plural women. I don't know how that go goes. Uh, I'm all ears, man. 1-800-849-2761. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and expertise, Harkeem in Wilmington. John in Durham saw a sports figure give a graduation speech. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, this wasn't actually a, a graduation speech, but I was a part of a fairly connected uh, Boy Scout Jamboree troop. Cool. Uh, we were all young leaders and watched Mike Dicka do a speech on leadership. That made an indelible mark. I was in the Denver metro area. Um, we met Peter Coors that next that next week, actually, like I said, very, very connected group. Yeah. Um, I wanted to speak just a quick one, and I'm a student of hip-hop, um, younger guy getting into my 40s, but there's a song by the 3-6 Mafia called Chicken Heads, and that's exactly what I thought. Hey, take care of your girls, take care of your family and your woman. Um, I right. encourage you to listen to it. It's hilarious. And, John, tell me, how was Mike Ditka, not the, you said it was not a graduation speech, but it was yep. more of a corporate thing. Was he good? Yeah. He was very good, and again, this was, gosh, 20 years ago, okay. so I couldn't articulate exactly what yeah. he spoke on. I, get I have it. some notes <laughs> in a book somewhere. But, yeah, he was very sharp. Um, I think he retired. I looked it up in 72. This would have been uh, 1996 or 7, and uh, he was as sharp as a tack. Good. Very, very, you know, high-energy guy. Uh, for sure. Very passionate. Passionate for sure. I mean, if you could keep Mike Dicka between the lines – 
I think he would have some good leadership messages. If he starts freelancing at all, frankly, my attitude was would be keep him away from the children. 1-800-849-2761. On leadership, yes. On teamwork, yes. On some other things, holy cow, I'm not letting them near the Boy Scouts. 1-800-849-2761. Brock is in Greensboro and also wants to add to our dictionary of the day. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Yeah, hey, DJ, I listen all the time, long time, love your show. Man. Thank you, sir. Uh, my son's fixing to graduate from law school in May. Awesome. maritime law. Chicken is your woman. That's for no sure. Doubt. Okay. Yeah, I've been here, and I've heard that for years. I actually brought that conversation up with uh, some friends of mine who that vernacular would be very commonly used, and they all say, yeah, that's your woman. So he talked about bread. He talked about your money, but chicken's a whole separate thing. So anyway, it's funny. Show, Th thanks for uh, adding to the consensus here. It's funny that he would bring up that one of his own children, I think he said, is about to graduate from law school. Was that it? I can promise you this, Darren. I occasionally share a story from law school, and one of my favorite classes was race and gender. And sometimes when those issues come up in the sports world, I have some expertise that most in our industry would not have, and I try to share that uh, as politely and professionally as I can, even when there's some delicate topics. Uh, another class was, I would say, teaming with feminists, and that would be the T-E-E-M. Teaming, good S-A-T word, teaming with feminists, all right? If I used in law school, surrounded by feminists, if I gave a speech, Darren, and I said, y'all, I think we all should take care of our mentals, I think they'd be all right with that. Uh, take care of our bodies. I think we need to take care of our money. I think they'd be okay if I used the term bread instead of money. If I said, hey, y'all, make sure we take care of our chickens, our chicken, I think the feminists would object to that. You see where I'm going? Yeah, that's not going to go I'm not getting. Well. I'm not going to get out of class unscathed that way if I tried to give that Marshawn Lynch speech in law school or in any legal environment or frankly in most business environments he was he i don't think the princeton university folks would like him to refer to young women they have just been energized with women power and all sorts of equality issues i don't think the princeton folks would want marshawn referring to women as chicken and the feminists to remind you they don't need taken care of anyway take care of your chicken we're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> um, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand to hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him, no hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. More graduation speakers from the sports world in honor of Take Care of Your Chicken. Marshawn Lynch, who's headed to Princeton, 1-800-849-2761. More March Madness, too. The Tar Heels are finally mostly healthy, finally have at least some depth, finally have better chemistry, finally have a functional offense, and also have a three-game winning streak. More on that and other hoops next on the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains. And about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show.